freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 324 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by AZ Firearms Auctions, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Saving Lives Faster, and our guest is Jim Irvine. He is the director of Faster Saves Lives and the president of the Buckeye Firearms Foundation. With both of these organizations, Jim works with legislatures and interested parties to enact positive change to Ohio firearms and self-defense laws. Jim is also a husband, father, and a professional airline pilot. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show, Jim. It, it is an, always an honor to be on your show. I love it. And especially today, the first guest after our nation celebrates its 245th birthday. Happy Independence to the and birthday to the greatest country on earth, which wouldn't have existed had our uh, colonial forefathers not had firearms to ensure and protect their rights and begin our country. So how neat it is that I, I get to be here today. And I'm excited. Amen to that. Yes, we are in the studio recording on Monday, July 5th of 2021. And you are so right, Jim. Uh, we, I think too often we take for granted uh, the rights that others gave everything to secure. And, and that um, would be all guns, right? Any guns, any that, firearms. That's, I mean, the I Second mean, Amendment, the 27 words, it doesn't say what you can and can't have. It just any, says that your rights, you can have your rights. Is there any buts in that? No buts. I, no I've buts. looked. Okay. No asterisks. So we want to talk to you today, Jim, about saving lives faster with this program that, you know, you dabble in, right? You got a little bit of something going on with it. Amazing organization called Faster Saves Lives. And I just want you to give us sort of a brief overview. What is faster? How long has it been in existence? Um, and, and who is it helping? Cause it's, it's a bunch of organizations. It, it's not as focused as sometimes you might think. Yeah, thanks. FASTER is an acronym. It stands for Faculty Administrator Safety Training and Emergency Response. So it, it is aimed at our schools. We've been doing it. We just finished up our ninth year of training. We started after the Sandy Hook massacre when every good person really had their hearts ripped out just looking at the travesty that happened there. And we've got teachers again and again and again who are willing to lay down their lives for somebody else's kids. Mm -hmm. And just thought there's got to be a better way. So I, I am the most fortunate person in the world really because I get to work with our nation's leading experts in all of this stuff and coordinate and put all this together and help facilitate the transfer of their knowledge to our school staff who are willing to step in and save the lives of kids. So it's not designed for everybody. The, the vast majority of school staff really want nothing to do with this stuff. But for those who are already gonna step in front of a firing gun and go hand to hand with somebody doing this stuff and killing their kids and lay down and die for our kids, how about we get them some training and skills to live and win for our kids? And that's really what this is designed for with our schools. But it's also been expanded to churches who suffer this stuff. And look, shopping malls and other businesses, nobody's immune from this stuff. So it's uh, it's expanded to other stuff, but it it was targeted for schools. That's it's still its main focus. And uh, it's so neat that we get to coordinate and work with our nation's experts to do this. And Jim, I understand it's not just for people that want to carry firearms. It's for people who want to emergency training, uh, how to how to save somebody from bleeding, those kind of things, right? Yeah, the, the medical aspect gets overlooked, but the trauma care is so critical 
And that's in our program over the years, that's what has saved a bunch of lives uh, in our schools and school staff out of schools, saving lives with medical care. It's so simple and easy. Look, we, we have so many people today who learn CPR as kids or learn first aid or learn how to run an AED. Those are three hour classes. In a three hour class, we can treat, teach you how to save 80% plus of uh, war casualties, which is basically what we're looking at in an active killer situation. So it doesn't matter whether it's a shooting or a bomb or a stabbing or whatnot, or, or a tornado or a building collapse or a stampede running from some incident that happens. People get injured in, in so many different ways. Just a tourniquet. Everything we learned about tourniquets as kids is wrong. Everything we learned is wrong. The medical community is completely reversed what is to happen. And they, it's all new because they're sick of people dying. But unfortunately, most people don't know those lessons. And so we don't do it. So that has got to be in all of our school stuff. And also the mind stuff. All right, look, I don't want to carry a gun and I can't deal with blood, but I still work in a school and I still might love my kids. What do I do? Well, there's simple little things that people can do on the mindset stuff that allows us not just to stop the killer, but to prevent it, to see the warning signs coming and get some interaction before the event ever happens. I mean, how much better is that if we don't ever have the event? That's really what we're all looking for. And so it's all of it together. And really, it's funny, all we're doing really is copying the fire guys model. Fire guys have multiple redundant overlapping layers of protection so that anyone fails, nobody dies. It's what I do as an airline pilot. We do the same thing on airplanes. Why? Our safety record is much improved since we started doing this. Our schools need to adopt this model and, and look at this, not in a, I like this, I like that, but in how does it work with our overall security plan and how do we protect our kids, not on the normal days, but on the custody dispute when dad is angry that he lost a court case and he's angry that mom lied to you guys, even if he won the court case, and you get all of this nonsense in schools or simply a field trip or a car accident or a shop accident, um, stuff happens like this. And people live or die based on what we're able to do in response to it. And for our schools, those kids are the custody, they're in the custody of the school system and this, or the teachers and the stuff like that. They need to be prepared to deal with likely events that happen. And, and active killers aren't likely, but when you include all of the things and the ways people get hurt, yeah, it is likely. That's why we've got fire extinguishers and AEDs in our schools. Well, we also need some trauma kit and some people trained to use them. It's pretty simple. Right. And, you know, I didn't realize this until I learned about your program that, you know, emergency crews can't go into a building until it's cleared, until the danger is cleared. So if you're a, a, a school teacher in the classroom full of kids that, that got hurt and the shooter moved on, you can be there to save the kids that have been injured. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because People, in the last few years, SWAT teams have really started to move to include a medic with a SWAT team. And people think that's cool because now the medic's in there with the SWAT team to help us out. No, no, no. The medic's there to help the SWAT team out if the SWAT team gets injured. You know why the SWAT team wants a medic? Because the medic's staged a half a mile away, can't get in there close enough to save the, the SWAT guys when they get shot and they're sick of losing guys. They want the medics in their stack with them, in their room with them. Well, you know what? Our kids want a medic in the room with them too. So let's train some of our school staff. And again, it doesn't have to be everybody, but you're, you're some sort of your admin staff and people who are around at the big collection points, you need to have somebody in the room who's trained in this stuff. And it's pretty simple stuff. Uh, it doesn't require a lot of time. It's not controversial. So, you know, our schools need to be doing it. It's cheaper and easier than an AED. So let's, let's get this in all our schools. Well, that's so true. And I was completely blessed and honored to have had a chance to come to Ohio and take this training uh, with on two campuses, on two, um, you know, firing ranges to, to practice the, the armed and unarmed physical response, but also the medical response. And so it was we're not doing sutures, you know, I'm not doing stitches, you know, I don't, I'm not doing surgery. I'm doing, you know, like you said, applying a tourniquet and applying it correctly. And, um, you know, 
maybe packing a wound. Uh, I don't know, a lot of people have probably heard of classes like stop the bleed and, you know, things like that. It's that sort of thing that is just the immediacy of trying to save a life long enough for the scene to be cleared and for the professionals uh, to come in and then, you know, take them off to do surgery and sutures and that sort of thing. But uh, we were sent home with this kit, this emergency medical kit. It's a classroom urgent response kit. It has a tourniquet, bandages, a chest seal, compression gauze, uh, some tape, pair of gloves. I think it is such a no-brainer. It is almost unconscionable to think that every single classroom in America wouldn't have something like this and that every single instructor, teacher, uh, substitute teacher, uh, lunch lady, everybody could take the basic training, have access to something like this, because you've even told us stories, Jim, about, um, you know, something that happens in shop class, right? That's not even like, you know, a, a active shooter uh, event. That is, you know, stuff happens. People are clumsy. There are sharp instruments around us in the world. And, you know, you could happen on a car accident as kids are coming to school. And, if you've got access to something like this, you know, we always, you can save lives because we always think, well, okay, arming teachers, and that's the roadblock. That's the mental roadblock that everybody gets. And it's like, there's so much more. I think if we lead with the, the medical training in more of our conversations, it might kind of lower those defenses in people's minds and they can see, I've heard you use the word negligent. It is negligent to allow somebody to just lay there and, and be injured and bleeding. And, and you think calling 911 is, I've done my part, I'm good, right? It's, it's not enough. Yeah. If you have a lifeguard at a pool and a kid goes under and he sinks to the bottom, are we dialing 911? Yes, do we need higher medical care? Yes. But if we quit there and go, hey, our job's done, and we leave that kid laying in the bottom of the pool for just four or five minutes till the ambulance gets there, forget the 45 minutes with an active killer, but just, just the few minutes till an ambulance gets there. Guess what? That kid's dead. You got your higher medical care, but they can't do anything with the dead body. Yeah. So yeah, that is negligence. And everybody understands, no, that's why you have a lifeguard goes in the pool, gets the kid out. We, we do mouth to mouth, we get the kid breathing again, and then we transfer a live body to the higher medical care. That's how we save a life. It's the exact same thing in bleeding stuff. And the, the death toll that in, in the act of killers is way higher than it should be because we let people bleed out and die. And it's just, it is not acceptable. It is negligence that that is your plan that schools write down is, we're going to dial 911 and wait for somebody else to come in and save the people in our custody. It's not their job to do that. It's the school's job. It's their obligation to us as parents that you have the facilities to do that. Just like they're required to have some staff that know how to run the ADs that are in the buildings, the defibrillators. I mean, how often does a, does a first grader have a heart attack? That doesn't happen often, folks. But we've got those in the building just in case because weird things happen. I mean, we got them in our schools in Ohio not even from a heart problem, an athlete, a healthy athlete in a game gets hit in the chest with a baseball yeah, and it puts it into an arrhythmia. Yeah. Well, guess how fragile life is, you know? So it's, we need to learn from these lessons and be proactive and get this in all our schools and get this done. It's, it's a critical thing. And we need to look at the world differently today because the world is different today. It's not, look, it, we were discussing this morning, we need new bike helmets for my kids. You know, can we do this? Can we do that? We all grow up riding bikes without helmets. We all survived it. So what's the big deal? Well, ask the Columbus Blue Jackets who lost one of their goalies last night, who slipped and fell getting out of a hot tub and hit his head. And a 24 year old professional athlete is dead this morning wow. from a head injury. Oh, How wow. simple things can happen. And I'm not saying you should have to wear a helmet in a hot tub, right. but it's just realizing how fragile life is. Yes. And there's, we need to be able to have some basic stuff for, to, to protect people and to aid and assist and treat people who are injured, but have very survivable injuries, fully recoverable injuries. If exactly. all we do is stop this bleeding 
exactly. and or or stop the the chest wound from sucking in air and get them into a tension pneumothorax. If we can just stop this stuff, call a timeout in the timeline on their deterioration and hold them steady until we can transfer them to an ambulance who's going to transfer them to a hospital, who's going to put them in an ER and do surgery with all our doctors and this cool stuff that they do. If we just get them a live viable patient, it's not exactly. asking too much of our schools. Right. Uh, it's just like somebody could just, you know, get shot in the arm or cut in the arm and that could kill them because they didn't get attention. Right. When all it would take was a simple right. tourniquet. Right. Exactly. Talk to our ERs. Broken glass. A hand through a piece of glass, which happens at our schools, yes. can be life-threatening if we don't treat the person. It's, it's such simple things. No, none of them happen very often, but every single one of those kids is really critical to their families. And how dare we go, well, it doesn't happen often enough for us to care about. If it happens once, you darn well better care about it. And if you don't, yeah, it is. It's negligence. I agree. And so, you know, if there's people out there listening, whether they are in a synagogue, in a church, in a school, in a place of business, that's saying, you know what, I don't know if I can, you know, get permission to, you know, go through the rest of the faster stuff but I know I can put an emergency medical kit in my classroom. You have these for sale on the FASTER website. Am I correct? Yep, fastersavelives.org. Um, and we, we source it. We're nonprofit. We're not looking to make a killing on this stuff. So yeah, we, we, we sell the stuff, but also you need some training in how to use it. Yes. Um, and, and the training is critical. And you can, there, there's a lot of videos out there on YouTube. You can watch the cover this stuff. Unfortunately, there's a lot of them that are wrong too. And uh, Fair enough. like, I know some people that just got certified from a national organization on this stuff. And they're like, we didn't even do any hands-on as instructors. How the heck are people supposed to train and teach this stuff? The hands-on is really important. If you do not do the hands-on, it's, it's like showing you a picture of a guitar and thinking you're gonna learn how to play it. No, you're not. You need some hands-on to learn how to play guitar, to learn how to shoot, to learn how to do this medical treatment. And if hands-on isn't part of your training, don't pay for that training. Go find another trainer. And I know like you guys and David Laird, you guys are out there in Arizona or wherever you're listening to the show, there, there are local people who do this. Just make sure you're with somebody that's good and reputable and, and has a good reputation. But uh, it, it's funny, like Cheryl and Arizona Citizens Defense League are, you know, you're in Ohio to learn what we're doing and also to bring us out there. So we're, we're coming to Arizona. We're going to work on this. We've done classes in Colorado and Utah and Indiana and other states. So we, yeah, we're most of our trainings in Ohio, but we'll go to where the need is. We'll go to where the, the desire is, where the parents and the schools go, hey, we want to, we want to lead on safety. Everyone wants to lead in sports. Everyone likes to lead in academics and scholarships and this stuff. And that's cool. Those are all important things, but guess what? None of the ap academics and the, the college graduation or acceptance rates and all of this stuff, they don't matter to the parent whose kid is dead exactly. because not, the world stops for them there. And so and that is, that safety, is, safety is not the most important. It's the all important thing. You've got to do this to enable all of the other great work that our schools do to come into play and work. So it's really important. Boy, you said that so beautifully. And yes, uh, the, I am on the board of the Arizona Citizens Defense League Foundation, and we have made it our mission to bring this kind of safety and security to Arizona schools because our kids are our future. Our children are everything. And if we don't give them that opportunity to have that future by investing in this kind of training, uh, what are we doing, right? It, it is that important. Right. And we are so excited. Um, we don't have the date set just yet, but we're looking at somewhere around March of 2022. A uh, bunch of the guys from Ohio, the TDI uh, range, and Jim himself are going to come out here to Arizona, and we're going to start saving lives. Uh, one faculty member, one uh, church member, one business owner at a time. And we're not waiting for permission. We're not asking, you know, anybody else to to uh, you know give us the the gr green light because our rights are going back to our rights. Our rights give us that. And we are um, blessed here in Arizona that the Arizona Citizens Defense League uh, proper 
has fought for those rights and secured those rights. And so we don't have um, some of the hurdles that uh, people in other states might have to go over and, and get those permissions. And I want to touch on something, Jim. Uh, as I said, I did get to come out and take the training. And I just want to say that people that are sitting there saying, oh, yeah, so, you know, you're going to put guns in the hands of teachers and, you know, it's going to be an unsafe environment. Uh, the trainers that I trained under in Ohio, they take this stuff so serious. The training is more intense than what I believe even uh, police officers get. I have been shooting my entire life and... I didn't pass the qualification on the firing range. That is how tough this is. They're not just handing out, you know, like Pez dispenser certifications. This is tough, serious training. Am I right, Jim? You are. And it's funny, we hear comments like just like yours from people who've carried guns and trained their whole life. We hear it from guys who've been SWAT officers for 20 years. You're like, wow. I wish I'd have had this training as a SWAT officer. Uh, I didn't know this was available. And it's, it's so frustrating. We have so many good police officers who want this training. And in some states, they get it. In Ohio, they just don't. Unless if they work for like Cincinnati or Hamilton County, like there's, there's departments that do really good jobs. Um, so they're not all like that. But a lot of them, it's a money issue. They don't have the money to send stuff to this. And, uh, and that's why it's important for foundations like your foundation and ours to do this work. We're the ones that facilitate this stuff because our teachers can't afford it, our schools can't afford it, our communities can't afford it. Well, guess what? We as parents can't afford to keep losing our kids uh, when we send them to school. So it's in, that's the critical nature of, of our nonprofits that do this work and, and, and make things work on this. So, and it's, it's really neat. And you saw the frustration of school staff who, who don't pass the qual at the end. And it's, I mean, they cry over it. They, it, they worked as hard as they could. And most people, and, and yourself included, it's not that, oh, you're not the right person for this, or you can't do this. It's, look, you didn't meet this qualification yet. Trust mm -hmm. me, you work with David Laird a little bit, you'll be just fine <laughs> to go. Uh, and part of it is, it's, it's, it's so much information, it's overloads people. And some people, we see people, they're, they're great shooters. They could have passed the qual coming in cold, but they're so overloaded with everything else. The gun is the easy stuff. It's, there's so much more to it that's, that's more complicated than shooting a gun, but they're tired, they're fatigued, they're overwhelmed. And, and so, yeah, they, they fail that piece of the qual. But you also trained uh, with, like I know down at TDI, you're in class with a law enforcement officer who's there, who's been done this multiple times. And he's there because he can't get this training as a law enforcement officer. It's not available to him. And he is so thankful that we make it available to him. And we're so thankful that he wants to spend his time and come and do this and work with schools and help them out. And Absolutely. he goes back and helps in all kinds of ways because of who he is and what he does. That is the neatest thing about this program is the people we get to work with from, mm -hmm. from the world-class trainers, whether it's uh, Andrew, at, uh, at Apex shooting up in Northeast Ohio or Forest and they'll crew down at TDI or the school staff or the law enforcement or, or you guys who came in from Arizona. It, we have people from all over the country that came in and you have people from all over in your class. And it's just so neat, the determination and the dedication and really the love, the love of other people's children that everybody there puts forward, that it's just, it's funny, people ask, how are you so passionate? How are you? I'm like, because I've met the people who will give their lives for my kids. How am I not passionate about somebody who would do that? And the, uh, like, like you talk about getting involved and doing stuff, the, uh, you, you don't need permission to fight for your life and you don't need the permission to save some other kid's life. Absolutely. Just do it because it's the right thing to do. And then the other thing I love to adopt is it's a Russian Spetsnaz saying, if not me, then who? If not now, then when? Exactly. If I'm not willing to step up and do something for my community, for my school, for this kid, who's going to do it? And if I'm not willing to do it today, when is it that I'm going to be willing to, to help a, a kid? So 
it's uh, it, it's really a neat motto to live by. That, uh, like I say, the Russian Spetsnaz get credit for it. It's their it's their motto. It's their creed. But there's something in there for every good person, whether it's this stuff or or your job or raising your kids. If if not me, who's going to raise my kids? So it's it's a neat thing. I, I'm so hung up on this. I heard you say, you know, that the they can't afford it. You know that the the schools feel like they can't afford this, and I look at they can afford to put covered parking to protect their cars and they have a responsibility for our students i mean if a teacher just stands there and calls 911 and somebody got cut in the arm and an arteries cut and they're not doing anything to help that student then the school should be liable for that so yeah what they you should. do you train them you know you train them so that you know i the, the we can tell you the teacher did everything possible mm -hmm. to try to save this kid's life Absolutely. I would rush, much rather hear that than, uh, I, I don't know, 911, I called them twice, and I was on the phone with them, and they told me just to wait. Absolutely. You know? And Jim, there are such needless hurdles that are put in the way of this training. There, and this training is proven. You've been doing this for nine plus years. Thousands of people have come through and successfully been certified. There are some number that, and, and again, I appreciate so much that I personally witnessed that I'm, I am decent, good on the firing range, and I'm not good enough, and I've been shooting my whole life. I think that is so amazing that, you know, there's no like, well, this was almost a good enough qualification. No, there's no almost good enough. Um, and so you have all of this history of success if this program was causing mayhem in schools and synagogues and churches, you know we'd be hearing about that on the front page news every single day, news. And while I was in Ohio, your organization had yet another hurdle thrown in its way legislatively that makes no sense to me because it's not like it's an unproven system. It is a proven program. Talk to us about that hurdle. Yeah, the our Ohio Supreme Court, in a just egregious case of judicial activism, decided that any other person, in quotes in the law, does not mean any other person. It means anybody with law enforcement training. Uh, even though the rest of the paragraph deals with law enforcement training, it's clearly not what they're talking about. And uh, you know, the intent of the legislature. Well, I've been with the legislature, not in it, but as a lobbyist for over 20 years, I know exactly what the intent of the legislature is. We've discussed it. A, a decade ago before this program ever started. But anyway, they, they ruled that schools can't do this and their school emergency response plans of 200 districts or so were thrown out the window, they're now illegal. And uh, it's now illegal in the state of Ohio for our schools to use the training and do this and save a kid's life. Uh, they wanna put extra time in and let extra kids die. Now how, how, how do they get away with that? That's the unfortunately result of our Supreme Court ruling. And our legislature has known this is coming for a year and I hoped or thought or whatever that the Supreme Court would take care of it. And so they never clarified their intent on a simple piece of legislation. It's passed the Senate multiple times, but our Republican controlled Ohio House hasn't passed the bill yet. So now at the very least, we're gonna start school in the fall with all of these plans and a mess and schools are scrambling, we're getting calls on what do we do? And uh, it really drives home the point that leadership, uh, elections have consequences and leadership matters. And, uh, and little things like a Supreme Court race from three years ago where no one even knew the names of the candidates and all of a sudden somebody who doesn't care about this or somebody who has got a bias against guns that is so strong that trumps the safety of the kids in a ruling. And that's the reality of what, where we're at. And it, like you say, we, we have conservative, very conservative numbers over 2 million man hours of people trained in our programs carrying guns in the schools without an incident. If there was a problem in something we're doing or training or the people we're working with, it surely would have come up by now. Zero, zero on, on this stuff. But we've got lives saved. But never mind that. In the right. interest of safety and political correctness, we're going to issue ju judicial activism. And our, our judges are elected. So it's not like the federal judges that are appointed. It's a, it's a different system in our state and every state does it differently. But look, this is why it's important for all of us to know who we're voting for, whether it's school board or your county physicians, 
we all know who's running for president and governor, but guess what? Your sheriff and your prosecutor and, and your judges are critical people. Yep. And we've got to be more involved as a populace, myself included, in knowing who these people are. And it's hard. It requires work. You can't just go to polls on election day and, right. and pick, yeah, that's the name that sounds familiar. You've got to know who these people are and what they stand for because they determine not just your future on this or that, but maybe maybe your entire life, the life of your child, which trust me, you talk to any mom who's lost her child, mm-hmm. it's the rest of your life as you know it. Oh, so absolutely. it's worth doing some, some searches and look at organizations like the Arizona Citizens Defense League or the state group in your state and, and use that as a resource to know who's, who's who when you go to the polls. It's really important. So Jim, you're saying that the, the, the courts in Ohio ruled that your program cannot be used in the schools? Not It can only be used right? by people with law enforcement training. Right, which is, yeah. so here, here we have a program that's not broken, a decade-long program that's not broken. So let's fix it by saying it requires, what was it, Jim, 700 hours? It's over, over 700 hours. They're saying to order, in order to safely carry, in order to safely carry a gun, you have to have uh, training on high-speed driving. You have to have training on preservation of a crime scene. You have to have training on how to be a professional witness on at uh, trials. All of the stuff law enforcement need to be good at that have nothing to do with a teacher or an administrator or school staff's job, and absolutely nothing to do with stopping the man who's killing our children. We want to stand around and wait for someone else to come in and do that. That is the ruling of the Ohio Supreme Court. It's it's embarrassing that it is. that our our Supreme Court justices voted this way. And it's really frustrating if you go back and I'm not, I know people won't do this, but in the oral arguments, our Supreme Court justice, who is supposedly a Republican, does not understand the difference between you and I, or a teacher as a concealed carry license holder that has an exemption to a criminal statute, which all of us do as concealed carry license holder. Well, not, not actually not in Arizona because you don't need a license to carry, but for the rest of, for countries that still require the license, concealed carry is illegal unless you're a law enforcement officer or have a concealed handgun license. That's the exemption to the code. That's all we're dealing with here for school staff is an exemption for a license holder to possess the gun in this area. And the court has ruled that no, you can't because our Supreme Court justice does not understand the difference between a license holder and a law enforcement officer in the scope of their duties. She thinks the license holder is just like a cop with all law enforcement duties and law. And I'm like, it blows my mind how any competent person, let alone an attorney or a Supreme Court justice does not understand that distinction. And it's, it is, it's sad and embarrassing for her that she doesn't and that from the court as our Supreme Court justice, she makes very clear she doesn't understand that distinction. It's it's shameful. She she hates an object so much that she's willing to let people die because she hates this object or doesn't understand the object enough. That's- While you have someone like Victoria Soto up at Sandy Hook who lays down her life unarmed with no training standing in front of a guy firing AR-15 to try and save innocent children. Right. That, that so there are think, kids, there's somebody else's kids. Well, if That's you ever, her, think if, about her courage compared to the courage of our legislature who don't do anything. Right. It's if amazing. you have a room full of people and there's no one that has a firearm to defend the people in that room, you have zero chance versus somebody right. that has the training, she could have stopped, not saying that she did, or, it could have, but there is a chance she could have stopped that from going any further. Yeah. How, so, how much worse can it get than allowing someone, the only person there with the gun, to just kill every child in the room, which is right. what happened? How right. much worse do you think it can get? Right. Even it, if, it, it, I mean, complete incompetence. We can't get that bad. There's nothing worse than, was it the only thing for evil to prevail is that good men do nothing? Exactly. It's over and over again. On that point right there, for good people to do nothing, evil is going to prevail every time, right? So people listening in the state of Ohio, give them 
some marching orders. Tell them what they can do. And then people outside of Ohio, what can we do to try to prevent against this kind of nonsense happening in our own state? It, for people in Ohio at this point, it's not even education system. The legislature knows exactly what's going on. They chose not to act. They're on summer recess, enjoying barbecues this weekend or in every weekend. Uh, let them know how you feel about their priorities and what they did and what they didn't do. They need to hear from you and know how you feel. And for every other state, look, we need relationships with our legislators. It's all comes down to personal relationships. And look, you know, they're all, all politicians are the same. Look, I'm frustrated with them as the bejesus, but you still got to have a relationship to fix them. I get frustrated with my kids. It doesn't mean I'm going to terminate our relationship. It means I need to work harder at our relationship. And that's what we need to do with our legislators. We need to spend more time and help them understand this. People, good people didn't allow Ohio to be in the situation it's in because they hate kids. Right. It's they've got a bias against an inanimate object or, or they're just ignorant. They don't know. They haven't been to the training class. It, right. Most of our legislators, one to two hour drives have not taken the time to come to one day of class. Yet we've got people like Cheryl and David Laird and uh, Mark Zelinsky and Dave Kopp who've traveled from Arizona yes. to spend five, six days of their life, seven yes. days that they give up to come and learn this stuff because you care that much. And I think the most important stuff for, for your listeners to understand is, hey, if you're willing to do that, support you guys, support your foundation and help you put the pieces together and bring it out here. Talk to your, hey, if you want to support this concept, hey, do you have a teacher who wants to play ball, who wants to step up and do this? Do you have a principal, an administration, a school board member, something like that, who says, hey, yeah, we want to lead on safety. We want to be part of the first class in out Arizona. Well, you know what? Contact the, uh, contact you guys, get involved and, and join in so that you're part of that first class, because this is going to happen. People ask me about it. Well, are you worried about this? Look, this is going to be the normal throughout the country. It's just going to take some time. When, yes. when CPR started, no, 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 you know, you, that needs to be left for the professionals. You can't do that. Now, if you don't have it, you're negligent. It's changed that much. And it only took about 30 or 40 years. So it's going to come every school that has a fire extinguisher in it today, every school that has an AED in it today, every school that has safety locks around their pools and things like that is going to have medical and trauma equipment in it. It's going to have some sort of an armed protection in it because that is what it takes. We got sick of our kids dying in fires last century. We're sick of them dying in violence this century. We're going to fix it. It's just, I, I know that will happen. Does your school wanna say, yeah, we waited until we were forced to be safe. Or does your school right. want to say, we were part of that very first class that led the wave on this in Arizona. And if you want to be the leaders on safety, then, then get involved and, and let us know. Let's, let's work with Arizona Citizens Defense League, your foundation, and let's work with our foundation and Faster Saves Lives. Be part of that first class, make it happen. I am so crazy excited to come out there and do this because I've, I've worked with the people from other states and it's so neat and, or if you're law enforcement, hey, get involved in this stuff. You guys are going to love it. This, it's funny, when we started, we had police say, you know, they were worried that we were trying to replace the school resource officer. Or we were trying to, you don't need them. And even like, no, 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 we need you. Not only on that stuff, we need you on a continual basis. We want a relationship between law enforcement and school. That's the neatest thing that's come out of this program is, is, is those guys melding together. So many neat things have come out of this that have nothing to do with active killers. They have nothing to do with all this other stuff, but it's made our education community better and it's made our law enforcement community better. They have thrived off of working together and in the districts. That is, I never saw that coming 10 years ago. That is probably the neatest thing because it's the everyday stuff that improves on both sides. And they both tell us, wow, we had no idea. Seeing them work together Wow, how cool is that to have a hand in, in, in that introduction and, and helping that out? It's, I guess this is outside of raising my own four kids. This program is the neatest thing I have ever been involved with. And if you'd have told me what I'd be doing 10 years ago, I'd have laughed and said, not even possible. But it, it's just awesome. And, and I know it's so neat that several of you have come out from Arizona, took your time to come out here and, and train with us. And now 
I know you're personally invested in this and I know you're back there working on it. And, and God bless you for who you are and what you do. It's so neat that what's going to come out of this, Cheryl, it's just like I told you, I don't know, a couple months ago when we were talking about this, I know for certain that you will save a life out of this. I can guarantee it because I know the numbers on it. I don't know who, I don't know when, I don't know where. And I don't even know that you'll know who it was, but because I know who you are and I know what you do and I know you care, I guarantee you, you'll save a life probably a lot more because of who you are and what you're doing. Thank I agree you, with that. And you How know neat what, is it that I get to call you a friend? Yeah. Oh, awesome. And back at you, 100%. She, uh, she got back last, last week and she's already been to the range twice to <laughs> better true. herself because cheryl's the kind of person that it's just like no it's it can't be just medium it's got to be i'm the best mm -hmm. she's going to be the best that she can be at it and she's going to work at it and she's going to promote this because it needs to be done yeah it's it's a have to for right. sure um and i say woe to the legislators and the supreme court in ohio the first time something tragic happens in one of these schools that already had gone through the faster saves lives training and then were basically told to stand down and step away yeah. because of you know some arbitrary decision about 700 hours of training that as you said uh police training 700 hours well, what do police do they do all those other things that that mm -hmm. uh you know, staff and administration and very little on fire training. And, yeah. It's, I mean, consider, you know, yeah, really, they, they don't put enough time <laughs> in fire. There, there are police officers I know, they don't spend a lot of time with firearms. Basically, well, whenever they need to go qual, they, they yeah. step up for a week or two with with practice, but otherwise, it's, it's not on their radar. And not, that's not to um, denigrate no. anybody It's just to put things into perspective. That's what it is. And these it's, teachers, uh, while not, I was while I was there, yeah, we it's not their job to come save the people in somebody else's custody. That's yeah, right. not a police officer's job. Right. And, and they can't do it. It's, it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with them. That's their job is to clean up after the accident. They can't stop someone from running a light, a red light and T-boning you on the way home today. They right. can't do it. And it's not their job. And we shouldn't expect them to do it is how ridiculous is that? Well, guess what? They can't stop the person from killing the kids when they're not there. Right. It, it's impossible for them. The best guy in the world can't do it. Right. Respect are, our police for who they are and what they do. It's a crazy hard job. And the vast majority of them do awesome at the stuff they do. But shame on our schools for not doing their job. They need to step their game up. You know, I, I just wondered, like in Ohio, let's just say that you could shop for your students to go, to, your, your kids to go to school. If you could shop and pick right. up the school and you had the schools that had faster saved lives and you had the ones that didn't, There'd be seven people at that school and 4,000 at the other school because my, my kids would be well, at that school. Right. Absolutely. It's funny because we run into school staff who are like, well, wait a minute. Look, I know some of our law enforcement and, and even them, I, I'm not comfortable with, cause I know the level of their training. And we said, well, look, so here's what you're, where you're at right now. You, you're either going to bet on the random response of whatever law enforcement shows up whenever they show up or you get to pick and choose who of your trusted staff go to the training and, and are gonna respond. Do you wanna pick the best of your people or the average of theirs? And they're like, oh, oh, we hadn't looked at it like that. I'm like, folks, this is in your court. You can choose however you want. The only other funny thing about this ruling is, not funny, it's, it's tragic. Yeah. This ruling only applies to school staff. So they can't employ their trusted employee. They can't not employ, they can't authorize their trusted employees to carry a gun, but they can trust anyone who doesn't work the school, all strangers in the world can carry guns with no training at all. That's fine. That's fine. That's legal. Yeah. It's just, just our school staff who show a vested interest in our children's lives. They're the ones who's dangerous on this. And that's Jim, the just, ruling. That's how insane crazy. it is. Yeah. And we want to make it clear that, you know, not every teacher, this is not for every teacher. No. There are some teachers no. that don't want it, don't want the responsibility, don't care or can't. You know, we're talking about people that want to save children's lives, right. want to be there in case there is a problem. Right. And it's not just about want, then it's about the training because I experienced it firsthand. We had, um, you know, scenario training, which is invaluable. 
my mind has stayed so busy with the those scenario trainings, uh, which I actually did quite well with, but there's still things that I go back and I think, oh, I could have done that better. I could have done that faster. Did I even remember to do that thing, right? And so until right. you are in the, the scenario, even to practice it and pretend it is so impactful, it makes you realize how long a minute really is. It's yeah. insane. And, it's, and, and also the point on this isn't for everybody. We have people who come to this class who are excited and then in the class, they realize, hey, this is too big of an ask for me. I, I, I haven't thought about all of the stuff you're asking us to do. And they self-select out. And, and we have people who are great shooters who realize, hey, this is not at all what I was thinking because we're, they're used to shooting on a range. They're used to shooting in IDPA and on other stuff. This is a totally different world and, and different stuff we're discussing here. And God bless the person who's, who's able to come to us and say, you know what? I'm not the right person. Especially superintendents and principals will typically will come and they'll go, I'm not the right person for this job. But now that I understand it, I know who to pick on my staff. I'm going to send people next year who are better for this. And so, cool. I, I admire the daylights out of, out of anyone who realizes this is not me. But now that I understand it, I know who it is because what's important to me is the safety of my staff and right. my students. And that's, that is the majority of our school staff people. And it doesn't matter whether, oh, they're liberal or they're conservative or they're pro-gun, they're anti-gun, they're this, that, yin-yang. It doesn't matter. The, almost all of our school staff, even the horrible ones, still care about the kids. Yeah. Even even bad people still love children. So once we get past this bias and realize that, if we can focus on what is best for the child, what is best for safety, then we're all on the same page. None of this other stuff matters anymore. We work with anybody anywhere on this stuff. If you put the if you put the safety of the kids first, we'll show you why what we're doing works. And if we're wrong, show us where we're wrong and we'll change it because I want to be fighting for what is the safest course of action. And if you find something that works better than what we're working on, then we're going to start working on your idea because the safety of the kids is what's important to me. It's not about guns. It's not about our program and this and that. Save a, save a child's life and you change the world. Boy, that, you said a mouthful there and, and aim into it. And um we even met uh, a gentleman who was one of the the faculty, staff, teacher group. Um, and anonymity is so important. I couldn't do my usual, you know, on the spot interviews. I couldn't take pictures and share them the way that I really, I usually do because anonymity of the people in these programs is so vital and so important. Um, but one of the gentlemen we talked to is actually anti-gun like he he doesn't want anything to do with guns he doesn't even uh take his gun home with him i think he said but in the course of doing his job he realizes the wisdom and the necessity of being that person who will step up and he's going through the training and he's passed the qualifications and he's taking it as seriously as, as anybody who is, you know, always been a gun owner and that sort of thing. And that was one of those major aha moments for me is, man, if he can understand it with his internal biases towards the tool, I, the, the Supreme Court of Ohio needs to talk to this man. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> exactly. You've got someone, and we've seen this a couple of times. It, it, it surprises us, but it shouldn't because we've seen it enough times now. You have someone who is willing to face a primal fear. They're, they're anti-gun. They're afraid of guns. They don't want anything to do with it. The only thing that scares them more is, is the fact that some kid who they love, they won't be able to protect them because somebody else has one of these evil things and they're going to kill all the kids with it. And so they're willing to step that far outside their comfort zone and in, in, embrace learning how to use something that they don't even like and and not just learn it but learn it well become a professional operator with this thing and 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 all the mindset everything else that goes with it if they are willing to do this how do we not support them 
How do we not enable them and empower them to save child's lives? This, this is the kind of people, this is why I love this program is that's who I get to work with. They have changed my life. They have made me a better person and in so many different ways, I'll never be able to repay it. And it's just, it's like it is. It's the neatest thing I've ever been involved with outside of my own four kids because of the people I meet, whether it's that person or some other school staff or, or people like you or travel out here from another state to bring it into your school. It's all of us working together. It's such a neat recipe of really neat people who, who care who love our children enough that we'll put everything else on the back burner and we'll do anything and everything to help facilitate this and make it happen. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's so neat. Absolutely. Well, we need to start wrapping up and I, I want to end on this point that in-person school after this whole COVID year and a half million years, whatever it's been, you know, <laughs> it feels like a million years sometimes um, uh, in-person schools are, are all opening back up again. Um, yep. all over the nation. And we're coming out of such an intense time of isolation and frustration and job loss and businesses closing. I mean, we are, we're really as a nation kind of set up for a recipe for a lot of potentially bad things happening. And so we have bad guys who will take advantage of these you know, paper gun-free zone signs that are hanging up in schools and churches and businesses because they'll they'll know they're the only one that's going to break the rule because good people don't break the rules, right? So many administrators and educators are going to want, after they hear this, they're going to want to have this training in their school, the medical and the physical, the armed and the unarmed physical preparedness Jim, how do they get signed up for a class? Uh, FasterSavesLives.org and sign up for our newsletter. It's, it's a low volume thing that we don't hand out, but that puts you on our mailing list and let us know where you live and where you want the training. And that helps us know where to go next. And also donate to the Arizona Citizens Defense League Foundation because you guys are going to help pay the bills on this first class and make it happen. So it's really important that people donate to you and, and sign up on our website and we are gonna work together. We're gonna make this happen. I, I know it is, I'm, I'm so excited about it. Um, Cause you're right. What we know is talk to any of the health providers. Anybody in mental health will tell you this lockdown for whatever good it's done and undoubtedly it has and this, that or the other thing on either side, we know it is an enormous stressor in, in mental health issues. We know our suicide rates are through the roof in the last year with this lockdown and, and what this does to us. Well, guess what? We know our active killers are really closely tied to mental health problems and suicide problems. So all of the experts say we are going to see a horrible rebound on active killers. We're going to see, and, and we're starting to see it just in the last month, but it's, I, I pray to God they're all wrong, but they all tell us, it's going to get horrible. It is going to be awful. So now is the time to prepare for what's coming. And, and don't be in a position where somebody says, we told you so, and you did nothing. Start taking steps. The thing is, like people are like, well, I can't do all of this in a day. Well, no, Rome wasn't built in a day. Be a little better today. Learn something today. Sign up for the email today and start learning. Start reading some books. Start doing this because the mindset stuff, there's all of these things people can do ahead of time. The gun the gun gets all of the attention. It is not the most important thing. The software up here, the mind is really what's important. Um, like Colonel Grossman says, you know, everybody wants to talk hardware. That's fun. Software needs an upgrade. Um, and, and we do. We need, if our killers are evolving, we can see this, track them over 50 years and look at how, what they do. The killer is evolving and they're getting better at killing our kids. So we need to be outworking them. We need to be training more than they are. We need to be working harder there. We need to be learning faster than they are. And we need to be smarter than they are on all of this stuff and outworking them to stay even with them and ahead of them. And, and if we're not, we're, we're really sacrificing. We're making an intentional decision to sacrifice our children. That is not acceptable to me. And it's not acceptable to the parents who are gonna sue the school districts when their kids die. So, or the, or the jury is not gonna see it that way when it gets to there. So it's, it's everything you have 
on negligence. You lose it all. So Absolutely. it is just critical for, uh, and, and parents, look, don't let your school staff sit there and do nothing. It's your kids' lives. You got nothing more important to do than get involved and encourage them on this stuff. Like I say, we don't care whether they're pro-gun or anti-gun or liberal or conservative. We'll work with anybody. Get involved with Arizona Citizens Defense League. Sign up on the Faster Saves Lives website and let's work together and make your child's school as safe as it can be. Absolutely. Jim Irvine of Faster Saves Lives, thank you so much for all you do and for taking this time with us here today. And we look forward to seeing you here in Arizona really soon. I, Thanks, Jim. I, I love it. I love you guys for the, the radio show and, and how much you care. You, you, are, you are such good people. Those, those of you who see you guys on the radio, they know you through all of this stuff. You are such good people. It's, it's an honor for somebody like me to call you a friend. And uh, I look forward to coming out. We, we trained in Ohio last week. We're going to train out in Arizona next year. It's going to be a riot. I, I love it and looking forward to seeing you more in person. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you so much, Jim. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, bye-bye. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, it seems like every show, it all goes down to, you know, support and, and be active with your school boards and your politicians. And, you know, again, we hear it today. So go to your next school board meeting and tell them that we need to protect our kids. Mm-hmm. Just tell them, you know, let's get the seed planted that yeah. our kids need to be protected. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when this first started, Faster Saves Lives first started, uh, it was already written and put on a shelf by uh, two guys, Dr. Uh, Dick Castor and John Benner. And they thought, man, this is solid because uh, Dr. Dick Castor uh, was a school resource officer and uh, had been in education. He's got his doctorate in education. And John Benner is, has been a law enforcement officer and trainer for his entire life. And so they were like, this is solid stuff, but we're never going to get to use it because people get freaked out about, you know, guns in school. Well, guns are still finding their way in schools, but only by bad guys. And so then, unfortunately, through Sandy Hook, um, that's when teachers started calling uh, the, the training organization, TDI, that John Benner owns and saying, what, what do we have? Is there something we have? And they were like, well, as a matter of fact, yes. And so it was bold. It was, there was not even a use for it when they came up with it. And so for us to now step forward and be bold and speak to our, our school boards and our administrators and whoever else, your legislators, whoever you need to speak to, be that person, be bold enough to step out of your comfort zone so that we are saving the lives of children across this nation today, right now, today. Right. Don't worry about it being summer because we're gonna blink and it's gonna be fall. Um, and school's gonna be in full swing. Yeah, and our teachers, you know, like I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I had a serious energy injury, mm-hmm. serious injury. And my teacher said, yeah, go to the nurse. And on the way to the nurse, I didn't make it to the nurse's office. Oh, wow. So um, you, you look at that and say, well, there are so many things that can happen in a school yeah. that have nothing to do with somebody invading the school. Exactly. There's so many things. I mean, it could be a piece fight, of glass. Somebody could throw somebody against a window yeah. and cut their neck. Yeah. There's all these things. So it's not just about gun safety. It's everything. It's Absolutely. kids safety, period. Absolutely. So get involved. All right. We have got to get on out of here. What an awesome conversation. Yeah. Uh, I cannot inf- emphasize enough how important this training is lead with the medical if that's what you need to do but don't discount the physical response of armed and unarmed uh and it is about the training you can't just think it up and go oh well you know i'll be good enough in an incident um another phrase that they used all the time while i was in td in uh, ohio was the body will not go where the mind hasn't been and that is so true. Yeah. And I experienced it over and over again with all the different new levels of training or the active uh, violence scenarios that we, we lived out. Um, it's so true. You will fall back to the level of your 
draining. Well, I agree with that. Every time you will not rise to the occasion. All right, got to get out of here. What are we going to do until next time? We're going to pray for our nation and we're going to pray for all the politicians that, that are trying to guide us in the right direction. We're going to just pray like crazy. Only the ones that are guiding us in the right direction. How about the ones we don't like too much? Well, there's not too many guidance in the right direction right now. So I guess we have to say all of them. I like that. Yes, all of them. Dan, even the ones we don't like. Man, this list goes on and on, though. Maybe, maybe especially the ones yeah. we don't like. All right. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Bye-bye.